Thank you for joining Sumter Chapel's weekly podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and speaks life to your spirit. As always, we pray that this podcast will further God's kingdom by seeing one more made new. Now, let's get started with today's message. Well, good morning. So we're in a new series this morning uh, where we're talking about the cultural concept or phenomenon called pay it forward. Pay it forward is this cultural concept that actually, ironically, has a biblical foundation to it. Uh, While some people would want to believe that it's merely out of a culture of just kindness, there's something deeper that is at work when we talk about this concept of pay it forward. And when we look at our culture and how they uh, play it out, how people in our culture play out wanting to pay it forward. And so I'm excited to get into this series and really dive deep into what the Bible has to say about kindness and generosity. So it's interesting that people in our country would take this pay it forward uh, philosophy and begin to apply it to their lives. What it ultimately does, I think, for the believer especially, it, it shows us the image of God in humanity and in people. I think it actually proves to us yet again that God has created humanity in such a way that his image shows up. So even when uh, there's a doubt about whether someone believes in a God or believes in Jesus, the image of God in them, this idea that, that we should be inherently kind or generous, it, it pops up in humanity. And pay it forward is an example of that. It, it's where you you know, pay for someone's coffee uh, and because you paid for your coffee and then you paid for the person behind you's coffee, they get their coffee free. And that's in quotes because it's not really free. You paid for it, but they didn't have to pay for it. So then the hope is they would turn around and pay for the coffee behind them or a meal or something of that sort. Uh, sometimes it even applies in situations where it's just a smile or an act of kind of like opening the door, holding the door for someone. And, and so then that transfers to the next person. You smile at them, they smile at the next person. You held the door, so the next person holds the door, and so on and so forth. So it's mostly um, a surface-level concept in our culture for the most part. It's, and, and by that, I'm not degrading people being nice and kind to one another. That's an important thing. But what I mean is it doesn't go any deeper than that. It's, it's, it's just about kind of meeting the immediate just um, not even need of someone. It's not really necessarily meeting needs. It's just kind of a a blessing or an abundance concept that I have enough to take care of you, so I will, and then you'll take care of the next person. But it's not that you're even in need. It's not that I'm meeting a need, but I'm just kind of paying it forward with kindness and hope that that continues, that this kind of avalanche for lack of a better word this kind of getting the ball rolling of kindness would happen now in in the foundation of where it comes from this biblical ideal of generosity how how pay it forward actually comes out of a biblical uh, worldview how it comes out of a relationship with christ and how god designed us who we were meant to be it goes much deeper than just the tangible expressions of it than just the tangible expressions of 
some sort of generosity or kindness. It goes much deeper in the, in the caring for the souls of people. God's intentions for this principle were actually about your soul and the souls of others. That as you live this principle out, it does something to your soul. As you begin to pay it forward into the lives of others, it begins to transform you and who you are and your own soul. The biblical word for soul, it really means the core of someone's being, the core of who they are, that, that we would care for people's souls. And it's meant to produce the fruit of generosity and kindness and all of these these ideals that we see played out through this pay it forward movement, but, but it's really at its core caring about people's soul, caring about whether they have a relationship with their creator God, that they are becoming the person that he always designed them to be, that they have this relationship with Jesus, that they have the presence of God's spirit in their life. That's what it comes from, a deep concern for their souls and who they are, in this, in this first week, what we're going to focus on in this Pay It Forward series is on the idea of priorities. That, that we must get our priorities in line. One, if we have godly priorities, if God gets to speak his priorities into us and we begin to line our lives up with his priorities, then, then our soul is cared for. Then we begin to have our soul cared for in our relationship with God, in relationship with God's people. But then it frees us up or enables us to actually care for other people when our priorities are in line. When we're haphazardly living life or going about life just as it comes at us, we're not actually able to be concerned about anyone else and care for them because we're too busy just trying to piece together our own life and figure things out for ourselves. But but when we're positioned in a way where our priorities are in line, not in a legalistic or judgment way but in a rhythm of life way that that we're living as god designed us to live then it frees us up it gives us the ability to actually care for the souls of those that god surrounds us with and we see this concept talked about by paul in second corinthians chapter eight and nine that's what we're reading for the month of november and for this series is second corinthians eight and nine and we've divided those two chapters up into four weeks of reading. So hopefully you've been reading along this week with 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 9. That's the scripture we'll focus on this morning. But, but we hope that, that you will continue to read along in this series in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, where Paul is really giving us the foundation for understanding this pay-it-forward concept at a deeper level, at an understanding of what it means to be like Christ and pay it forward in people's lives by caring about them as whole people, by, by pouring into their soul, by, by planting seeds of faith in a relationship with God in their lives. And so the tagline to this series uh, underneath Pay It Forward is that the seeds of today become the shade of tomorrow. That as we plant seeds in people's lives of caring for them, caring for their soul, seeds of faith, of teaching them or leaning into them, in order that they might have a relationship with God as we have experienced this amazing relationship with God in our lives, that that would produce fruit in their lives. And eventually it would begin to give them shade. It would care for their soul, but then it could actually produce seeds into the lives of others through them as well. And that eventually it would build these, 
these trees, these foundations of faith and in life, these foundations that, that produce this amazing fruit that we read about in Scripture, the love, joy, peace, patience, all that, all those things that, that those would be produced in someone's life because of the seeds of faith planted in them. And so 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 deal with the very tangible expression of generosity, but it's not all about money. A lot of times the, these chapters only get viewed through the context of money. And, and certainly we will talk about how God desires to use our resources and our money, but, but really it goes deeper than that. It's a caring for people. And this morning, it's a focus on priorities, that we must get our priorities in line with God's priorities that he might be able to use us in others' lives. So this morning, it's 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 9. If you have your Bible with you or your phone with your Bible app, um, certainly get that out and begin to prepare yourself to read along with me. I'm going to read all nine verses because it's just such a, a powerful short passage here that we're reading. It's also on the screen if you don't have a Bible uh, with you or your Bible app up. That's fine. You can read along with me on the screen. This is what he writes. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped for. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, in your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I am not commanding you to do this, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. You know that the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Let's pray. Father, help us with our priorities in life. Help us to see the vision of becoming like Jesus who, who made himself poor, even though he was rich in all cases. He had, he had everything he needed. He had the abundance of all things as he was in your presence, as he was fully experiencing the fullness of his divineness. Yet he became poor. He became like us. And not just like us, he became a slave to humanity. He put himself underneath others to lift them up, underneath us to lift us up and so that we might become rich. Allow us to see the vision of becoming like him and doing the same for those around us, that we might become like Jesus, that they might see your love and experience your love and come to faith in you. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray all things. Amen. So pay it forward is, is really about a lifestyle of caring about and caring for 
people's souls. And yes, it deals with tangible ways of displaying that. But ultimately, it's about the caring, the caring about their soul, about who they are at the core of their being, about how life is going for them, and about them experiencing the fullness of life that God has to offer. That a relationship through Jesus Christ, through the presence of God's Spirit, has to offer someone. That's what it's about. It's about this planting of seeds of faith in other people's lives that they might come to a full knowledge of Jesus Christ as we are attempting to come to a full knowledge and relationship with him. This, this pay it forward idea really starts with getting our priorities in line. That we would get our priorities set so that we can join God in his mission in this world so that we can lead in the ways he's calling us to lead. See, I think too many people misconceive that, that the work of leadership in the kingdom of God is only for those who are somehow hold some sort of position, that, that, that pastors, those are the people who do the work of the church in the kingdom of God. Okay, maybe this mature believer over here that I've determined is mature, more mature than me, they're the ones that are supposed to be doing the work of being the church and, and the advancing of the kingdom of God. But that's, that. but that's not true. That's not true. Scripture talks about that as, as you come to faith, as you come to faith in Jesus, that you become a part of the mission of God. That, that God desires to raise you up as a leader in the lives of others. Now, your leadership might look different than my leadership. How you lead others might not be the same way I lead others. You may lead in very tangible ways and I may not, or I may lead in very tangible ways and you may not. And so and I gather a team of people with me in, in people rebuilding a home for someone. And I gather a team of people with me to accomplish that, to rebuild their home in order to display the love of Jesus and share the gospel with them. That might be how I lead in that, that I'm able to share the gospel with them, both through word and deed, by helping to rebuild their home. Or it may be that I lead in a, in, in a less tangible, physical touch way. I might begin to have conversations about difficult topics. I might start uh, a, a group of people that begin to talk about the most difficult topics in life, that deal with the most difficult things going on in the world. And I might use that to infuse the story of the gospel, that there's hope for these difficulties, that there's hope for the, for the places in humanity where there's a mess and where there's evil that's rearing its ugly head because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because, because of what Jesus has accomplished to free people from being bound to those things so that they might experience the fullness of life. So, so it might be that I lead differently than you, but we still nonetheless are being called to lead. But the only way I can take leadership in the lives of others, the only way I can actually pour into other people's lives, that I can actually care for their soul, that I'll actually have the time and the energy and the ability to do that is through setting priorities. It's through setting priorities in my life. And it doesn't matter how ultimately menial we think the task is that we're at work doing. If God has called me to it, if I can experience the fullness of God through it in my life, and it can express the fullness of God to other people, then that's leadership. And that's how this deep, transformative spirituality works in our lives. 
the, the spirituality of Jesus, the, the presence of God. And, and we see this in an example, a great example of this, and there have been many throughout the history of the church, but is a, a man named Brother Lawrence. And Brother Lawrence, um, along with a couple others that you likely may not know their names, but may, experienced this sort of fullness of God's presence through some of the most menial tasks. He joined uh, a group where he was asked to be about just normal everyday activities, things that no one would glorify someone for, like mopping floors and cleaning dishes. But he would go on to say that those were some of the times where he felt God's presence the most. That it was during those tasks, as he was doing them, as if he was doing them unto the Lord, as the scripture says, he, he was doing them as if he was doing them on behalf of Jesus, for Jesus, as an act of worship to Jesus, as he was in constant contact with God during those times, as he was hearing from God and talking to God, he would begin to experience God's presence in such a powerful way during those times. And, and it it became so powerful because it not only was these acts were not only at work transforming him and making him more like Jesus, but actually they were all impacting those around him as well, those he was serving as well and causing them to experience the love of Christ and the fullness of God and the gospel at work. And so because he had set his priorities of freeing himself up to be used by God, he was able to do these, these things and experience God in this way. And so these are the three areas in my life that I've learned that I, that I can't do everything, right? I can't do everything, but I can do what God's calling me to do if I'm not living in a chaotic way. If I'm not just living by each whim or doing what is necessary next, but I'm actually prioritizing my life in a way that allows God to be honored, that allows God to be at work in my life, then I can care for people's souls. I can plant seeds in the lives of others. I can pay it forward. As others have paid it forward that I came to faith because of others' work in my life, that the seeds of faith that they planted in my life came to fruition and grew up. They created shade for me, and now the seeds of faith in my life are at work creating shades for others. So can be true of you if we set priorities. We, we all can be at work in God's kingdom doing this if we will prioritize the things in our life, if we will rule over our life. Remember, that's why God created us. The original intention of God for humanity was that we would actually have control over our own lives, that they would not dictate to us, but we would dictate to our life. And so these are the three ways that you, you'll hear it consistently talked about in, in circles, all kinds of circles, out in the world and in the church. These three areas of life, if, if, we, can have if we can prioritize our lives for God in these three ways, he can be at work in powerful ways to use us to pay it forward spiritually in the lives of others. So the first one is this, your time, your calendar, and your schedule. Do, do you keep a calendar? Do you, do you keep a rhythm of life, a schedule in your life that prioritizes your relationship with God and others' relationships with God, that you, their souls, that you're caring for them? Do you keep a calendar and a schedule at all? Or do you just live haphazardly? Do you, do you just take what's next? What's next? I got to just handle what's next. Or do you 
do you prioritize out your life and say, no, I'm going to keep a calendar. I'm going to make sure my time with God is consistent. Maybe that's just once a day for you right now, but sometime during my day, maybe first thing, maybe last thing, maybe midday, maybe all three, maybe whatever a rhythm of God looks like with you during the day, whatever your next step in that rhythm is, if it's more time with God, if it's just any time with God, period, at this point, that you begin to prioritize that. Yes, you've got a lot of things to do. You've got work to do and classwork to do and you know, bills to pay. And all of that's true. None of that will ever go away. But if you learn to prioritize your time with God, this is where I, I really think we had a rescue Sunday back in our culture. So, uh, you know, America and in first world countries, we can have this concept of a weekend, but in most of the world, you know, people don't have a concept for the weekend. And so we've been trained or taught by our culture that Sunday's the last day of our weekend. But really, really, we we would do well to begin to to bring Sunday back as the first day of the week. That I have the opportunity on Sunday when most things are not going on in my life, where there's maybe a little bit of space in my life, or if you work on Sunday or Sunday becomes a day where you can't do this, you pick another day maybe that week. But where you take a day and you say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a priority to spend time with God, to spend time with God's people, and to get my calendar and schedule and life ready for this next week ahead of me so that I can prioritize the work of God in my life, the work that God's doing in me, but then the work that God wants to use me to do in others. So calendar and schedule, your time, you got to set priorities. Your abilities is the second area. Your abilities talents the giftedness god has given you and many times we discount that god has given us gifts or abilities or a heart for certain things in this world a passion about certain things in this world and we and we don't prioritize how god might want to use that in our life and so we just have these things that maybe we're good at or we or we use them only for our own benefit right but we don't say how could god want to use this in my life how might God want to work through this thing in my life for others? So maybe it's like the gift of hospitality. Maybe you're just, you're really good at making people feel welcome and a part of things that are going on and, and community, help them feel like they're a part of a community and being their friend and being there for them. And maybe you're really good at hospitality and God wants to use that gift of hospitality, not just to make some good food or create an environment where they feel welcome, but to but to really allow them to be cared for, allow their soul to be cared for, allow them to connect to God. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, God wants to use your abilities and the gifts that he's given you. Some of them natural. You know, the scripture talks about supernatural gifts that he begins to give us through his presence in our life. That he begins to give us gifts of mercy, gifts of generosity, gifts of faith. That we're able to use those gifts, not for us, not for our benefit, but for the benefit of others, to pour into other people's lives, to care for their souls, to pay it forward spiritually. And the third thing is our resources, is what we have. Our money, the car we own, the house we own, the, the physical, tangible resources we have. That, that God has given us the ability to take hold of resources, that he has given me things that I am to steward well, which means use well. And, 
And so now it's up to me to prioritize those things. Am I using those things for the kingdom of God? Am I using those things to benefit others, not just myself? It's not that I ignore myself altogether. That's not what we're saying. Paul addresses this, and we'll talk about it more later. He addresses this in the, the letter that we're reading to the Corinthians. It's not, it's not that I ignore my own needs, but it's that I become like Christ and I say, okay, my time, my abilities, my resources, God, how can you use those things that you've given me so that I can lift others up, so that I can care for their souls and connect them to a relationship with you, that they might come to know you and come to know you more. How does he want to be at work using those areas of your life, helping you prioritize those areas of your life that you might pay it forward spiritually in the lives of other people, that you might care for other people's souls, for who they are at the deepest level, that they might see the love of Christ through you in how you prioritize your life. This is a, a real need for us. This is a, a real need for us as God's people because if anyone in this world is going to show the love of Christ, it better be us. We call ourselves Christians, the little Christs, right? And if anyone is going to show the fullness of the love of God and prioritize people above the things of this world that will eventually go away, it should be us. It should be the church. It should be Christians. And so we must allow God to help us prioritize. We must allow God to help us prioritize. And we're going to discuss that this morning about which area of your life you need to prioritize the most right now that you feel like God is calling you to prioritize the most so that he might use you in the lives of others so that he might be able to work through you in planting seeds of faith in their life in connecting them to a relationship with him in paying it forward spiritually in their life and so be in prayer and thought about that this morning as you reflect on this scripture as you reflect on what God would have for you and the prioritize the priorities he's calling you to have in those three areas of life, your time, your abilities, your resources, I, I encourage you to be asking God how he might want to use you. He has a, a way he wants to use you to lead. And so it's just what and how and how do you prioritize your life so that he can. 